What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Your thrice weekly podcast where we talk about the hottest news with a touch of what, Terrence? A touch of the good old humor, man. A good old humor, man. Yeah, good old humor. But why old humor, man? Why not new humor? No, it's not about old. I mean, it's it's just about the tra- traditional uh, kind of humor that makes you laugh, you know? Uh, humor mm-hmm. where you can really... It, it's not the nasty kind of humor where, 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 where we punch down on people so much so, so well, yeah that's yeah, that, that's gonna be something we're gonna get into later on in this <laughs> podcast man yeah, not so fast mr chia that's what i'm talking yeah. about yeah man but but it's the start of a new week uh some we're not gonna talk about covid don't worry you know yeah. there's a lot of things happening i'm sure you can get that all from the news mm. um, mm. we're gonna be talking about something more uplifting la, right uh yes yes uh, i think Something that's very close to our hearts. Both both topics are is very, very close to our hearts. Uh. For uh, different yeah. reasons. Uh, for, for different, different reasons. reasons. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but, bef- but before we jump into it, man, would you like to do the honors and do the weekly plug? Sure. Um, if this podcast has brought you, to you any smiles or, or even a smidgen of laughter in its history, uh, please, please do shout it out and tell the world about it, whether it's through an Instagram story uh, uh, you know, a Facebook post, or even just telling a friend, you know, face to face, that would be awesome. Mm. Mm-hmm. In fact, yeah. you know, the one thing that we haven't really said publicly mm-hmm. is is that we went past a million total streams like a few months ago. No? <laughs> oh, really? Wow! Like real boomers, no? Yeah. yeah. Fucking, yeah. you know, people like go past ten thousand, hundred thousand, or mm. something. They have a massive celebration. Yeah, yeah, we went past a million streams. Maybe maybe we can target like 1.5 million streams uh, mm. AMA. It might coincide with maybe our 250th episode or something. Yeah. But a million plus streams, you know, a yeah. big a big thank you to everyone uh, out there who's who's listened to us at some point. Mm. Um, yeah, it fucking blew my mind. Yeah, I mean, a million uh, plus it, streams. Unfortunately, in the world of podcasting, it's not like YouTube where you get like uh, they, you know, there's an organization that gives you a silver button. When you yeah, that's when right. you pass a certain number <laughs> yeah. of uh, views or uh, and the subscribers and all, but uh, yeah. yeah, I mean we'll we'll celebrate quietly in our in our own homes. Uh, we'll you know, we'll give ourselves met- yeah. metaphorical silver buttons, uh, which yeah. we like the kind of like we got for YouTube like, when we went past a hundred thousand subscribers. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something simple. Yeah, man. Uh, something simple. Something simple. Something simple. Yeah, yeah. Cool. All right, we ready for the first topic? Yes. And what is this first and topic? I know this one is, is is tickling your loins because it has to do with a lot of numbers. Uh, in some way, yes. <laughs> in some way, yes. <laughs> because there is a report attached to it. And essentially, it was um, a study on the happiness of Singapore residents. Mm. And it was, it was released on 10th October to coincide with World Mental Health Day. And it was done by... Uh, a, a, a non-profit in Singapore called the Happiness, ha- Happiness Initiative and mm. they did a state of happiness study. Yep. And and I mean, the main finding which you would see across all the articles that covered it uh, is that purpose, perseverance, support, money and sexual orientation play big parts um, in in the individual happiness of Singaporeans. Mm, mm, I and see, I see. 
but but and I mean it does go into like the the social demographic factors the 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 other factors that I mentioned you know purpose perseverance and social report and some recommendations but what made you want to talk about this eh? um I just thought it's um you know that that let's say I mean because we're all opening up to the rest of the world now you know we're allowed to travel more uh it's a good reminder of where Singapore is at after this couple of years of covid like you know um mm. given that we according to this survey and everything like apparently Finland is the most uh i mean the the happiest place in the world i think uh yeah correct and then the the unhappiest place in the world is Rwanda and uh mm-hmm. you know this doesn't just tell you about where singapore is it tells you as a person where you stand you know in in this whole spectrum of of uh, an average person in each of these countries uh, Mm. Right. So um yeah, yeah. it's just um I thought I thought it's an interesting comparison to to make that because we always talk about oh, you know we'd be so much happier if we followed what this other country was doing during the pandemic or that other country was doing or you know in the UK we can they can watch soccer matches now and everything. So so yeah, this is a good reminder of where we're at lah. And mm. so I think some of the results also are quite interesting. Lah. But what about you man? What what made you interested in it besides the your your the numbers and everything that were very attractive to you. I mean, the numbers aside, uh, I always find these sort of reports. I don't know. I don't know how to make sense of it because, in some sense, it says stuff that okay um, seems obvious, and it and on some sense, it's also you have to take into account who they surveyed. Maybe like years ago when I was a, a little more naive, I would think, oh, you know, you see numbers like this, oh. 10% this 15% this it it is a it is a very significant statistic like but now you always need to look at the people who are surveyed like so when mm. i see this i think it's it's an interesting read uh there was no inner calling to really want to talk about this but i do agree there are certain things that came up that i found interesting like yeah like like what right. um i mean i mean can i can i like, one one before i get into that one reason why i find this interesting is because these sort of studies There's there's one done by the world um like like a world world happiness report that is done quite often. I think that's the one that Busan topped uh or uh, for a few years and they were known as the happiest nation on earth or but in Singapore there's the last time we had a a a, a detailed poll on Singapore Uh, I think it was 2011 with a Gallup poll, and mm. that was a famous one that concluded that Singapore was the world's most emotionless country, lah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So so since then, um, uh, I I think there there has been the the World Happiness Report. But how these people try to differentiate is that the World Happiness Report focuses on on um national level factors. Uh, this sub- this report is focused on individual level factors, like so. In some way, yep. it is a newish kind of report. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, right. it strikes me as a little bit of a, uh, yeah. Although it talks about different countries and everything, but um, it's very focused on what makes the individual happy, like right. Yeah, correct. Yeah. What what makes the individual happy, like. Um, and and I mean, it, the goal is to also find out what makes the individual happy, but also what can make individuals happier. Mm, so right. so some of the things that came out was that um yeah the, the the household income and sexual orientation had an approximate 15% bearing on one's happiness. 
Uh, and I think you mean, you mean together or or yeah, or, together, together. Okay, so what you're saying is that, uh, okay, I mean you, you can elaborate a little bit. Yeah. So so I mean basically, okay. So how I understood they did this study is they use something called a Cantrell ladder uh, uh, scoring la, where mm. the questions are all on a scale of zero to ten. So it's like how happy are you with your life? You rate it. And then, how happy are you with this? How satisfied are you with this? It's zero to ten. So, what this study did um, is also look at household income and its effect on happiness. Um, mm. And and that's where they came up with the statistic that okay, let's say if an individual household income level increased from a thousand five hundred to two thousand five hundred, he would likely have a one point nine percent increase in his happiness score. Mm. Um, and if you are on bisexual or homosexual, you are like likely to have a decrease of eleven percent uh, on the Cantrell ladder, la. So when you add that together, uh, it comes to as much as fifteen percent. Yeah. So so basically, so, it's saying if you are uh, heterosexual and you mm. you earn a higher than average you uh, income, fucking happy, bro. You generally would be a happier person, <laughs> right, in Singapore. Yeah, yeah. Then, then someone yeah. who is uh, homosexual or, and also maybe not earning as much money, lah. I guess you'll be yeah, much correct. happier than that person, lah. So this brings in the humorous uh, point of this report, lah. Like when I hear that, I, I don't think you need a survey to to make that conclusion, lah. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. In Singapore, if you are heterosexual, uh I, I mean, if you are not heterosexual, there's so many things you need to deal with, mm. and of course, if you're not earning uh, that high in Singapore, where the cost of living is also quite high, yeah, like, your life will be harder, la. Yeah, and and I guess the that is is important that these two factors were were pointed out, lah, right? By by this report, uh, all these were were mm. featured by this re- by the results of this report, lah, uh, because mm. I think the the money side of things uh, is very obvious to people, right? But but the, yeah. I think the example that they raised was was the important one because they said that the I think they used the numbers of a, uh, an increase of uh, someone's income from a thousand five to two thousand five would uh, have a I think at least a two percent bearing on on is it two percent? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah like, uh, almost one point nine percent increase in happiness score, la, uh, which yeah. you know it coincides. Uh, quite ni- dovetails quite nicely with a recent report that talks about um the the what what the minimum uh quality of life what you what what money how what amount of income you need for minimum quality of life in Singapore recently la, which I think mm. was two thousand nine hundred dollars or something right yeah, so yeah, yeah thousand five to two thousand five seems to uh yeah it shows you that that. Um, that makes a big difference, uh. and and thousand five kind of hovers around that, that that um, we don't we don't want to use the word minimum wage uh, but it hovers around that uh, that the the wages that um, you know security staff or cleaning staff uh, they usually get like around thousand two to thousand five thereabouts uh, right, so mm, mm. this example itself kind of almost it tangibly already tells you that. Just increasing the salary alone uh, does have an immediate impact on their happiness as well, uh, on the individual's yeah. happiness. Uh. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. So, so I mean, 
when I read this report, because the full 25-page report is available online, mm. um, I was curious who are the people behind it lah, because yeah. that also would inform, okay, what is this about? Is it a covert uh, government thing or something? But um, the, the people behind it are these, the co-founders. Lah. One is uh, Simon Liao, who, is, who has a master's in applied positive psychology from our alma mater. Uh, mm. University of Pennsylvania mm, mm, and mm. another co-founder is Sherman Ho who mm. um, apparently started out as a commodity commodities trader covering Africa and that whole um, experience changed his life like, which led him to co-found the Happiness Initiative mm, so mm. and they've been covered by a lot of mainstream uh, media across the board and I think their goal is just basically to to um, raise awareness on the science of well-being, translating research into practice and programs, and uh, building a community that promotes the practice of well-being. Mm. So I think it's it's a very very good and noble intention uh, uh, um, initiative which I support, and I think this is just the first year they're doing it, lah. Right? Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's pretty. Uh, I mean, other than the fact that he he was from our school, so I think uh, yeah he. Studied positive psychology, like which our school. I think the one of the professors from University of Pennsylvania was the the man who who discovered positive psychology. And uh, interesting mm. tidbit is that he uses uh, grit as a measure of someone's perseverance. Uh. So so grit mm. is a very famous. Uh, I mean, recently very famous uh, term that was is used to describe perseverance, especially in in, in uh, I think young adults. Uh, that was where the mm. research was targeted. Uh, and that and that there's a particular TED talk by the by the person who coined the professor who coined that by uh, I think her name is Angela Duckworth. She also was mm. from the University of Pennsylvania, and I, she was even my teaching assistant for one of my psychology classes. And today she is a award winning, I mean, you know, TED talk giving, uh, you know, big professor and all. Uh, and now her Just her data <laughs> is being used in this study to 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 Just help to come up these results. That we are talking just about. To clar- <laughs> just to clarify, when Terence said, you know, his teaching assistant, he didn't mean his teaching assistant. Oh, teaching no, assistant no, no, yeah, is yeah, a term yeah. for the assistant of the professor that Terence was uh, learning from. La. Correct, correct. Yeah, Basket, yeah, yes, you yes. never, you just leave that, you know, she was my teaching assistant. Oh, yeah, Basket, yeah, 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 claiming right, credit right. also. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she, she, she was <laughs> like, you mentored her like that. No, no, no yeah, she was the, <laughs> she was basically, yeah, la, the, the teaching assistant to the professor of the class that I was taking back in, yeah. in school yeah so that was pretty oh, cool oh and she went to she went to Penn huh? because yeah I saw her being quoted in the report I was like oh yeah, I wonder who's right. that that's yeah. her yeah I mean her, her books are so pretty the, the, the book uh, about grit is also pretty interesting la. so uh, I would imagine that this person this Simon Liao has a probably has a very good grounding on positive psychology and and the whole concept of grit as well la. so that's why they chose to put it front and centre here as well it's one of the big things yeah. that, that matter and I think that there was one, her, her talk was one of the most watched TED Talks um, online, I think. Yeah, it is. About it's grit. very, 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 very yeah. popular, TED Talk. But uh, the other thing also is just, uh, I mean, I raised the point earlier about the example they chose to give, which was, you know, raising, uh, you know, someone's salary, someone's household in- income being raised from 1,005 to 2,005 and that having a 2% increase in your happiness. Um, I raised that because, uh, yeah, it, it's very telling that they're not, they didn't bring up other figures like right you know from mm. random 2005 to 3000 or whatever but they, they very specifically chose that band 1005 to 2005 like i think uh mm. i mean uh it probably has a very big purpose 
uh, in doing that as well. But also the other thing is just talking about the difficulty, um, the difficulties that the LGBTQ community uh, face in Singapore as well. Uh. I mean, you mentioned mm. some of them earlier, but uh, mm. if you could be a bit specific, what do you mean by why it's so difficult to 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 get anything done? Um, I mean, yeah. So th- there was one of the there are two key social economic uh social demographic factors mm. uh, One was yeah the the household income, but the next one was sexual orientation, mm. and basically they were kind of they, they looked at meta analysis of of surveys from other countries that all showed okay uh statistics that also pointed to lower happiness amongst people who are not heterosexual. Mm. But in, I mean, in Singapore, uh, they they didn't really specify um, specific examples of obstacles, but just off the top of my head, I know like, yeah, I mean, you can't get married in as a gay couple in Singapore, which means you lose access to a bunch of, you know, housing grants and, 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 and th- those sort of benefits. And I know that is just the tip of the iceberg. And they didn't focus on examples like that. La. But mm. they did have recommendations that um, like, like uh, the deepening of society's understanding so- such that the members of the LGBTQ community are not ostracized or not discriminated against. Yeah. Um, the, the fact that giving social support could decrease the negative impact of uh, the, the, on, on their on an individual's happiness if they do identify with something other than heterosexual uh, which which is interesting because you said you know just now the number they quoted it, it kind of ties in with certain numbers that uh, correlate to uh, yeah um, the minimum median salary and I think mm. them highlighting this right in essence it builds the case for why policies need to be less more f- more friendly towards people from the LGBTQ community with numbers lah, which I think is always useful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know the whole policy of like, oh, we don't enforce uh, Section three seven seven A and all that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 I, this is very clear data that uh, it doesn't matter lah whether it's enforced or not lah. You know the the uh, people feel the effects of uh, you know being discriminated against, and I think that is something worth addressing lah. If you're a policymaker, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I I think these people are setting out to do this every year, which is mm. great because, like, with most surveys and most data things, um, long like longer term data is always useful, lah, right? Mm. So if they plan to do this over time, then you can see the same indicators and how they track over time. <laughs> but ah, uh, but mm. did you look at the the demographic of the people who did the survey or not? Uh, yeah. I did, I did, yeah. Well, yeah, why, why so you that's want to point where, that's where I feel like that to me was the the thing that made this whole report a little less credible, uh, Because mm. most, even in the report, they they did put uh the the breakdown uh, of of the residential status of the people who took the survey versus the national distribution. So, for mm. example, this survey was done by ninety five percent Singaporeans, whereas the national uh, distribution of Singaporean citizens is 87%. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the age, the about 74% of this survey respondents are between 20 to 49, mm. which is very different from the national average, uh, na- natu- na- national distribution of 44%. So mm. this thing skews towards that um, uh, age group. It skews female. Uh, there's 66% uh, female respondents versus fifty-two percent of the uh, national average, and it's 
85% Chinese versus 74% of the national average. Lah. And it's also mm. more single uh, people than any other demographic. 63% of the survey respondents were single. So mm. that's where I wonder how come it is, it is that skewed. Lah. So it's skewed single Chinese female and yeah, 20 it, to 49. Yeah, I don't know. It could be maybe... Um, you know, a, a lot of respondents were from a university class or something, because uh, that of, that's often the, the easiest place to get to get uh, participants in this kind of surveys and experiments, like, right? Uh, mm, through mm. the classes and also, yeah, there could be something because I, I think it's a, you. What you would want to do is to get a more representative uh, slice of the population, like, right? In terms yeah, of race exactly. or in terms of um, sexual, sexual, I mean the gender and, and, and everything as well. Uh. So, um, mm. yeah, I mean the, the, that that uh, you know that that is uh, a good point worth raising. That you know this itself like doesn't really fully reflect the Singapore experience. Uh. Yeah, exactly. So, so I guess that's why I'm hoping that over the years, as they carry carry this on, the the, the responders get a little more reflective of the national distribution, la. Because yeah. I support the initiative, but when I saw that, I was like, okay, that yeah. that that's cute it for me, la. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, and they did it in the middle of a pandemic, la. So, uh, I mean, a lot of kudos to them because this is is probably a lot harder to gather data that is accurate. In the middle of a pandemic, yeah. you know, and trying to reach out to people, and when they've already got a million things else to worry about, and to get them to respond to to surveys like this, so uh, I think it's a good start, lah, in terms of the data that we can use to, yeah, just think about where where Singaporeans are at in terms of our happiness. Lah. But I wonder whether they were happy doing this, because it's if it's one of those things that if it's the first time you're doing, hopefully this gave them purpose. You know, mm. which is one of their the their big factors that that contribute towards happiness, lah. Yeah, and, and and perseverance. I'm sure they had some, they had a lot of support, lah. They, had, they had, uh, I'm sure they, that that they were able to find enough people to help them along the way. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks it looks like a very, uh, it looks like it's, yeah, it's it's quite a different thing from the usual, uh, kindness movement kind of of things that we we hear about, lah. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of mm. course, when I saw that, oh, household income is a determiner of happiness, I was like, uh, this sounds uh. so Singaporean. <laughs> yeah, this sounds so Singaporean that, you know, everywhere you hear sayings that, oh, money can't buy happiness, you know, which I also think isn't the truest because money can make life a lot easier up to a certain point. La. You know, yes. beyond a certain point, like, do you need to be a billionaire to be happy? I don't think so. Yeah. But if you're earning a thousand a month, life is going to be hard. La. Mm-hmm. Or five hundred a month, right? Yeah. So yeah, I but think I think it's a <laughs> it's good to check it out. Yeah. This this report. Right? It's, right it's, right. it's good, and if you like rum- numbers, the report is not super numbers heavy. There's some mm. numbers to tickle your fancy, but it's not like those hardcore reports uh, that you see for scientific, uh, more scientific uh, journals or something. But yeah, it's an interesting read. Like, it's an interesting read. Yeah, yeah, and just to see where, where you know, it's a good checklist for yourself also lah about your own. Mental state. Mm. Yeah, man. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, wow. But yeah. I guess it's it's setting it's, the context. It's time, right? <laughs> it's time. It's time. It's Spe- time. Speaking of checklists, <laughs> la, like this came up on our subreddit as a must talk about topic. 
the moment the moment this news was announced like, and, and you know, we've been we've been sitting on the sidelines over the weekend and, and everything and just waiting to see how things played out uh, but here we are and Mr. Tilani can you please give us the introduction to our next topic next topic uh? um, well, where do I start man over the past few days I believe maybe it started on uh, Friday mm. um, there was a slew of social media posts um, that were were accusing the co-founder of a very popular uh, YouTube channel in Singapore called Night Owl Cinematics. Mm. Um, and one of the co-founders is Sylvia Chan. Mm. So there was a slew of allegations uh, posted on the SG Sicken Rice uh, Instagram and TikTok accounts um, against Sylvia and mm. her treatment towards staff. La. And it that's chicken, chicken, rice, chicken rice as in chicken without the H, right? Yeah, yeah, correct, yeah, correct. Okay, chicken rice. Chicken without the H. Chicken rice. Chicken rice. Yeah, so there were a whole bunch of posts showing screenshots of WhatsApp chats that were supposedly between Sylvia and her staff, audio clips of uh, Sylvia um, kind of using not the most pleasant language on her, on her staff. Mm. And that was blowing up. I think this account uh, on Thursday night had maybe like 3,000 plus uh, followers. When I caught wind of the incident... On Friday noon, it was like 12, 13,000 followers. Now it's got like 40,000 yeah. followers. So they were yeah. going non-stop. And a lot of people were coming out with their own stories. And I would say at that point, the tide was swinging like it was a tsunami against Sylvia Chan. Mm. Right? Okay. But, yeah. then, but then, what, what were some of the developments that you noticed after the your, uh, initial meteor shower? Um, so you would think this is a tsunami that is rising against against NOC, you know, the Night Owl Cinematics, the most one of the most popular YouTube channels in Singapore. But no, mm. it wasn't. This was a tsunami that seemed to be very targeted towards only one of the co-founders, Sylvia. Um, when you know, when people started calling out, not necessarily calling out, but people started saying that, hey, it's not just about Sylvia, right? There's NOC, so many people and. Aren't they all com- under the management all complicit in that, that kind of behavior? Then a mm. lot of influencers uh, started coming forward to speak up for the other half of NOC, the other co-founder of NOC, Ryan Tan, mm. who is the mm. is the ex-husband and uh, and the other half of of Night Owl Cinematics. Uh, yes, correct. Who has who is still with the company and everything, like, Right? Um, yeah, yeah. But but they these. Accounts came fast and furious, you know, from mm. uh, Victoria Ching, from uh, other influencers. Rachel Wan. Rachel Wan said that, you know, they they would ride or die with Ryan, essentially. They would say they mm. would vouch for him as, a, as the best person, one of the sweetest, nicest people in the world. And there were examples of him, you know, giving $1,000 for... For, for someone's pet surgery and, and you know always giving them advice about how to be better talents or how to be better producers or better hosts or whatever and always being mm. there whenever people need buying food for people on set and being the one to you know like um, ta a lot of the the, 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 the the shit that comes from from you know this very unforgiving industry like in terms of hours in terms of the effort that you have to put in and everything so um, yeah it seemed like it was a very targeted uh, tsunami. I mean, when we say tsunami, usually it means everyone gets destroyed in its wake, right? But this one seemed yeah. like it seemed like selective it was, tsunami. Yeah, selective, selective tsunami. tsunami. Only going for one particular island only. Yeah. 
and that's the island yeah. of Sylvia Chan la. and uh, yeah. I mean and I mean, then it, it was more than just uh, Ryan Tan also uh, host the, I think one of the more prominent hosts that yeah, the NOC uh, Aiken as well was also mm. uh, spared of this this general tsunami and then people started saying hey there's a lot of people working at NOC who are not you know in front of camera or anything as well those persons also got got, got spared uh, and yeah. Uh, yeah even there were even like good article good um, testimonials coming out about about the very influences that, that Sylvia had bad mouth in the in the WhatsApp and everything like right like Samantha I think this yeah. one Samantha as well so so yeah, there was right. a very, there was a rush of outpouring of support and 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 uh, for for Samantha and 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 all that lah so yeah it was very interesting to just watch where this tide was going over the weekend but so, then so maybe there were more developments uh, as well lah right but but just a half time pause ah half time pause mm. if you're listening and wondering who the fuck is this night owl cinematics folk uh, who the hell is uh, uh, who are all these people? Names unfamiliar. Um, I I actually because our our world we have been living in the social media uh, game, the YouTube scene for quite a while. But mm. I think as much as NOC has a million subscribers, I think there are still people in Singapore who might not be the most aware of the YouTube scene, la. So mm. so just to give a half time half time refresher, um, the, the this nine hour cinematics they started their channel I believe in two thousand eleven two thousand twelve and over the years. They have really built up a very strong following. Yeah. Um, they started off with skits and then they went into listicles, so like 10 types of travelers, 12 types of teachers and all that. And then now they have branched into a whole, uh, like they have a food-themed uh, series, uh, a renovation-themed series, the skits, and they basically do video production as well as talent management, like, which is why just now when Terrence mentioned that a lot of um, uh, personalities came out uh, defending Ryan is because NOC is a huge team. La. Like for us, it's two of us and depending on a project, on the projects, I mean, it's three of us right now. Um, depending on projects, we scale up and down. But for them, they actually have a big team. And if you look them up online, they're big. La. Um, and they've gotten, they're seen, they've been interviewed by all uh, articles. I think Sylvia and Ryan have been labeled as like the, the power couple of Singapore media. Um, well, they were Forbes 30 under 30. Forbes thirty under thirty. At one point, right? Even though we know, we know, we know the, we know how reliable that is as a as a list of uh, yeah of people. But um, uh, yeah. Shout out to, uh, is it harsh harsh Dalau? But, harsh uh, Dalau. Yeah. <laughs> our favorite uh, favorite Forbes thirty under thirty yeah, nominee. Yeah, and, but our point and is, I mean was, the reason they were yeah. big la, They were they've always been on the. In fact, I would say that if by now at this point you're still saying, oh, who's NOC? I don't know who NOC is. It probably means you are really old la, and and like. Really out of the out of the loop with what what uh you know people in their twenties and thirties even uh listening and watching yeah because because yeah they you might have heard but I had some friends over the weekend who have heard of them but they weren't sure so they just messaged me and they're like hey what's going on with NOC yeah? then yeah, I had so to so say NOC what I just is, said la. Yeah. they generally know NOC la, right it's just a YouTube channel all that I'm saying those people mm. who still up to now. Uh, he's still saying that who the hell is this I have no idea who NOC is or anything then I would say mm. they, those people have really been living under a rock or very deliberately don't want to engage with any uh, you know any kind of content from Singapore uh, no no not just influencers yeah, yeah, yeah. I think any kind of content from Singapore you know the types that say there's no creativity in Singapore blah blah, blah oh, oh, oh. so those mm. sorts are those sorts very deliberately trying see, to close their, their heads to everything yeah. yeah but 
But I mean, this was the number one search term on Google Singapore last uh, Friday, lah. As yeah. as informed by my daily uh, update of the most trending words. Yes. So so yeah. So so where you ended just now was that there was a slew of um, people testifying, uh, giving testimonials for Ryan, lah, right? Mm-hmm. But since then. Um, and as recent as so, one big question over the past few days was that Sylvia Chan had not put out any statement or anything, yes. and um, neither Ryan. I think he just said something, just thanking the support, uh, the messages he has he has got. But it is a tricky time for everyone, so just everybody just give them some space. But as recent as this evening at about six thirty p.m. this evening, Monday eleventh uh, October, NOC themselves put out a statement on Instagram. Mm. On Instagram, so and I mean, the gist of it is that um, they were not apologetic. Mm. Um, in fact, they were quite defensive about how um, they have always done their best to to take care of the mental health of their staff. They they find these allegations very malicious. Uh, it was likely a targeted attack, and they said they will be pursuing um, a legal. Uh, 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 legal efforts lah, and as recent as like ten minutes ago, our our dear intern sent us a link telling us that the SG Second Rice has received a lawyer's letter. Hmm. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Good so news. so I mean, and I mean, okay, just one thing I missed also that there were a lot of people um kind of calling for brands who work with Sylvia Chan specifically, not just NOC to drop her lah. And I think there was one. Mm. It was Colgate. Yes. Um, Colgate who dropped her like Milo came out saying that they don't have any campaigns with Sylvia right now but they don't don't condone um, anything any form of unacceptable behaviour towards mental health but Colgate dropped her la. so so that was a big thing la. so so that's like a, a a summary of everything that has happened over the past few days but Terence yeah. what do you make of this uh, watching from the sidelines um do you know I think uh we we uh, one thing we we forgot to mention is that um yeah you the youtube scene in particular in singapore has seen quite a bit of drama since mm-hmm. 2015 i mean 2016 2017 thereabouts uh, right um mm-hmm. and then this is probably just a i don't know if this is the the tip of the iceberg or or you know, it's it's the start of a, a whole trend or whatever. But you know, we recently just saw uh, what happened to uh, books actually, right? Kenny Lake and books mm. actually. Did he commit any crimes? Not that I saw in particular. Not that I could identify in particular that any crimes were committed, other than maybe you know the company could be charged for paying the staff late and all that, right? Uh, but mm. but outright crimes against the employees, no, I I don't think there was, but. The the fallout was bad enough such that Kenny like apparently is giving up entirely, giving up his ownership in books actually and basically dissociating, um, from books books actually entirely lah, just to rescue the mm. brand lah. Um, mm. so just seeing what is going on here, I'm getting a bit of that vibe coming from the, coming from the you know the the all the online comments and. And the general tide against uh, Sylvia and Osila, but uh, but this but this press release that uh, this statement that they've released tonight is very interesting in that it, it, it they're not going the way of Kenny Lake, uh, that's for sure. They're they're, yeah. they're planning to fight 
they're planning to fight everything and uh, even that lawyer's letter that you mentioned that was sent to SG Sicken Rice or Sicken Rice um, yeah it's just the first bullet in, in in this long I think it'll be a long and drawn out battle yeah mm. so I mean full disclosure that we also have been part of the YouTube scene for a long time we mm. have crossed paths with NOC we haven't really collaborated with them per se mm. um but but yeah, I guess maybe different styles of content um, and just not the best fit in many ways. So we haven't worked uh, in in uh, in an intimate way with them la. We but we have worked with uh, one uh, a couple of their talents or people who were one of them friendly, friendly of them. with them. I mean, uh, at one point, Dikosh was, right. was Dikosh also worked with them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. So correct. we worked, so with, we've worked with Dikosh before. We've also we've worked, worked with Nina, Nina before. before. Yeah. Nina yeah. as well. So, uh, but I, uh, from my understanding, at that point in time, she wasn't under the talent umbrella of NOC. I'm not very sure. Uh, mm, but but now now yeah, she, she wasn't. Is like yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I mean the reason why I bring that up is because I mean right now all these um, are still allegations, lah. Mm, right. Mm. Uh, I think everyone needs to accept that if you see a WhatsApp screenshot or even an audio file mm. with the technology out there, there's really no way of of determining quantifiably whether something is real or fake. So everything yeah. is an allegation, right? Yeah. Um, and right now, I think the most interesting thing for me was what uh, you pointed out, like the, the the statement that they gave because they are not apologetic or not acknowledging anything being wrong at all. Even when we covered Facebook last week, you know, when people, mm. were, there was that leak, even Facebook said, okay, we are stopping certain programs to reevaluate to make sure that we don't miss anything. Mm. This statement, this press release had nothing of the sort and they are going on the offensive. La. Yeah. Uh, can I just say that that the that statement that they released, I think they need to yeah. fire whoever the copywriter is or whichever PR agency it is that drafted it. Why? Yeah, why? Why? It's just a really badly written statement. And just speaking mm. entirely from the angle of like, is this good English? La? Is this like proper English and everything? La? It just mm. reeks of uh, uh, insecurity because they use they choose to use so many loud, bombastic words when they don't have to. And they mm. use a lot of them wrongly or excessively. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. so it just comes across as very unprofessionally done la. I it, to me it felt like they took a government press release um, you know like when the PA association did that fuck up with the photos or, or uh, the Hari Raya the photos and, and for other guffaws that the government has issued statements for it, this felt like that la. like mm. um, it just felt like like what you said it hit all the the buzzwords and was kind of self-congratulatory about their efforts to groom their artists and and uh, being to to make them reliable and responsible and whatnot. So so I'm I mean, it's almost like this is this is just this is just starting, man. The moment there's legal stuff involved, it's gonna carry on, right? Yeah. And I don't know, man. It, it just feels like with all the allegations that have come out and there have been a lot. Um, it, it's hard to to assume that all of them are fakes. And even if you take one of them to be true, right? I mean, mm. the the state, the state messages where Sylvia was referring to uh, Samantha, who you mentioned as fuckface, mm. and um, audibly talking about how she doesn't want to use her in favor of another talent. 
um, and just calling people retarded and all that, it just feels like, wow. Um, to me, it, 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 I mean, so, so so many questions, right? Like, it reminded me of Ellen, you know, all we've mm. heard of Ellen, you know, being like, on paper, so nice, so so glowing, uh, everybody loves her, but there's yeah. also been, been claims of her abuse on set, lah, right? Yeah. Correct, correct. And then right. the other thing also, like, this is what some of my friends messaged me. They said, isn't it weird for them to be so blatantly discriminatory or douchebaggy on WhatsApp where things can be screenshot? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, because if, yeah. Yeah. No, go ahead, go ahead. What, what, you no, you want to elaborate because, on that I mean, point? Yeah, because let's say just, just thinking about the possibility that some of them are true... To me, it's like the influencer version of Vivian Balakrishnan's hot mic incident. Correct. Because, you know, Vivian Balakrishnan in parliament, you can tell he obviously feels that, okay, that's his chamber, that's his arena. And he felt he had the freedom to say whatever the fuck he wants, Mm. which is a very telling sign of the power dynamic. And in this case, it reminded me of that. Like, holy shit. Is she so assertive that she can say that kind of stuff in a chat um, with her employees? I mean, the, the, there were quite a number of comments, whether on the SG's Chicken Rice or on Reddit and all that, pointed out that, um, honestly, this kind of behavior, where bosses mm. are scolding the employees using vulgarities or slurs and everything, uh, is actually really much more common than we think, especially in SMEs. Mm. Um, obviously, in the corporate world, which you and I have both, we've both had a taste of, right? You know, uh, mm. you have to be super careful about these things, right? In the corporate world, yep. there's a lot more uh, protocols, there's a lot more HR policies that, that basically if you breach any one of these things, you could immediately have a, you immediately face a warning already. Then after that, if you do it one more time, you lose your job last straight away. Um, so yeah. generally, you become very careful about these things. Uh, but uh, for SMEs, usually there aren't such established rules. And uh, yeah, people end up, you know, just letting their emotions take over whenever they they get angry about things. Uh, but um uh, again, I, I'm not. I'm not saying that, that that's excusable on NOC's part. Just because everyone does it, then it's okay that they do it. I'm just saying you got to understand NOC just happens to be a much higher profile SME than a lot of other SMEs in Singapore, right? So mm. that's why all these things. Uh, uh, that, that, that's why there's even a there's even a case, so called a case being put together against them. You know what I mean? Uh, in the sense mm. that uh, it's quite clear that this is not like just one person, you know, saying something and then another person coming forward to say something. There was literally this account, SG Chicken Rice, that was created across TikTok, Twitter, Instagram and, and all these different platforms and all dedicated to just um, publishing all these allegations of NOC. La. So it does, like, like when I use the word targeted, that's what I mean that it's very targeted, la, you know. Uh, mm. it, has, it has a very clear objective in mind which is to, you know, attack Sylvia and attack NOC. And, uh, yeah, it, it might be a very, um, uh, you know, there might be a lot of confirmation bias going on lah, in that you only see mm. the, the nasty instances where Sylvia lashed out at the employees and everything, but uh, no one has, I mean, they're deliberately, del- sorry, deliberately not putting down anything where Sylvia has been nice to 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 the talents or whatever like that. Lah. So, um mm. You also got to be. You also got to question the intentions of this SG Chicken Rice, like As much as, as much as, uh, you know, everyone can say, "Oh, this is, this drama is awesome. This, this spill the tea and all that kind of thing is so great and, and mental health blah blah." But you also got to understand 
that uh, definitely uh, SG Chicken Rice is not like this. It's not like the uh, you know the Batman of the of the online world or anything like that lah. And we've seen what what happens mm. when someone calls himself a vigilante and then and then they're out for social justice and all that lah. You you know either yeah. you either die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain lah. Like like SMRT yeah. feedback, oh, basically. So yeah, so because, I mean, SG Chicken Rice might be the next might be the next lah. Yeah, because this account it is faceless. Mm. Um, that's one thing that, yeah, like anytime it's anonymous, you know, it just like you kind of respect it less because yeah. they are hiding behind a mask, lah. Yeah. But I mean, this thing it's true, lah. Like like what you said with a online mob of even like a handful of people, ten twenty people, you can literally ruin someone's life, lah. Yeah. So in this case, I mean, I personally have um heard through the grapevine certain things the of the dynamic of of uh, NOC and and their working culture and all that but like what you said there sometimes you see things from the outside mm. it might be just a sliver of what is actually going on within the company la. Yeah. And, and i think to base it base your judgment of an entire company just on one two whispers it's it's also not fair mm. in this case i do find it interesting that there are so many allegations and i just noticed that the in the cease and desist letter that SG Second Rise got the deadline right to give a written confirmation that they comply is 10 a.m. on Tuesday, 12 October, lah, which is tomorrow. Yeah. So by the time you're listening to this podcast, um, that deadline may have passed already. So it just feels like this is going to be a developing case, man. Yeah, from what I understand, uh, from the lawyer side, lah, they can demand, uh, the op- you know, they can demand anything they want in the cease and desist letter. It doesn't mean that you're legally obliged to have to follow anything that they ask for, lah. So um, uh, a lot. What I hear from lawyers is that yeah, lah, they, you just have to sound really aggressive in your cease and desist letter, and 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 uh, sort of hope for that, that you know the person complies. If not, then you have to think about what next steps to take, lah. Uh, which in this case but sounds like they want to pursue the legal, the legal options, which are about privacy and all that, which I'm not. Entirely sure. I mean, I guess harassment. Maybe you could go with the 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 poha. You know, the poha root protection of online against online harassment, lah. Right. Um, yeah. But like, I think that's the one that Siashe took up when she was was facing uh certain yeah certain people calling for her head as well, lah. Uh, yeah. Correct. Yeah. So so that's that's a legal option, but it's not necessarily saying that the the person committed a uh, is co- committed a crime or anything, lah. Right. It's just saying yeah, that I mean, this is not allowed to 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 uh, harass me online anymore, lah. I mean, the one thing is that NOC is, uh, by what you gather online, quite a lucrative company, or at least they have access to resources, lah. So if they wanted to go down the legal route, they can, lah. I believe, but that also feels like it. How you say? Uh, it's it just makes me even more curious what the truth is, lah. Mm. Um, because you know the the textbook abusive relationship be it between parent and son, sister and brother, boyfriend girlfriend is where one of the entities or one of the the parties provides a lot of net uh, of benefits to the other party, while at the same time, uh, kind of abusing them in some way lah. Mm. And and it's just a weird thing that that maybe the overall net benefit is positive enough, but there's still some negative shit that goes on. And in this case, the symptoms feel like it's there. So, and I don't know whether we'll ever know the truth. And 
it just yeah. feels like for a company that has <laughs> like for consciously or su- uncon- uh, subconsciously just being being very open about their private lives mm. they i mean Ryan and Sylvia made a 30 minute video on their divorce mm-hmm. um calling for privacy which felt a little counterintuitive um this this might be a, a black hole that we never understand fully lah correct correct um yeah i mean that that's where that's where it's always interesting to hear from people who i don't know within our community of listeners or editors who have their own thoughts on this mm. um and 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 just just helping us form a uh, an op- uh, uh, a more comprehensive opinion of this lah mm. i mean um uh i don't i don't condone the use of, of foul language against employees or anybody like in general Yeah, you don't you yeah. don't call you don't don't call anybody a fuckface lah, basically. Uh, and yeah. and I, I um, but you know, uh, I do believe that you Sylvia deserves a chance to be, to be you know really really hurt in terms of, of uh, uh, what she thinks is is behind this this concerted effort to to take her down and all that right. Uh, mm. And I I say that coming because as a, it's never easy to be the to be the boss lah you know mm. um and i say that as you know you and i we've been you know we've been running our our own business and and ministry of funny and all this and over the years we've we've also had, had had employees we've also you know hired big groups of people to work for us on productions and all that right and mm. um, you know the hardest thing to to do is to manage a big group of people lah and you can never please every everyone there will always be at least one person who's unhappy in the group And uh, you know, sometimes it's justified. Sometimes it's uh, it's it's for very small things. But to to that person, it's a very big deal and all that. And um, then uh, you know, the, they they will. I mean, you might end up just look overlooking all the good things that as a boss you try to do. They they end up overlooking all those things and really focusing on the one or two things that you didn't do for them. And uh, yeah, they they they. If there's enough evidence or enough of a build up of of anger towards you that can be harnessed to to you know uh to take you down as well lah. so mm. i'm not condoning any again i'm not condoning any of her, her bad behavior but i'm just saying it's never easy to be the boss of, of a big group of people especially you know the 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 business that they're in which is talent management and and, and production right of of social media mm. content uh mm. so we i i i really wish she would Come forward and really just explain everything that's going on, lah. And 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 if she's really in, intending to fight this, also then provide you know provide the uh, provide a bit more uh, color, a bit more facts and details about what's going on, lah. But you think you think or like if you look at it this way, let's say let's say that she is she is that um how you say uh, toxic lah to her company, right? Uh, to okay. to the staff. Okay. And and let's say those things are true. I mean, would it make sense for her to be that open about the stuff she said, or take the route that they seem to be taking now, lah, which is go full on, um, on the offensive, lah? Because like right now, it almost feels like in this day and age, if you admit that you are wrong, yeah, you might gain people's empathy, but you will definitely lose out, lah. And I think in yeah. this case, when It is allegations, and it's he says, she says, um, with no real quantifiable proof of like a broken bone or something from abuse. Maybe this is 
this is the approach that we're going to see more companies take, take, you know, like instead of the Kenny Lake where, okay, you know, I have done this stuff and, and I'm handing over things, maybe more companies will realize, hey, fuck, we don't need to go on the defensive, man. If we have the legal firepower, why not go on the offensive? And after a certain point in time, people will forget all this as long as we drown it all out. And that is what I'm thinking, oh, shit. That's why I'm curious to see how this pans out because this legal letter is... Is we haven't seen that very often outside of maybe the government la. Last mm. time you know when SMRT Facebook were doing their trolling and all, like I think the the legal reinforcements didn't come as quickly if any at all mm. I think there was a poha wasn't poha wasn't a thing back then la. Uh, yeah, now a poha, pofma, yeah, yeah. and I don't know, man. It's almost like a textbook of things to follow if you get into a similar situation, man. Yeah, but actually, to, uh, back to the point about books, actually, right? Uh, don't forget yeah. that Kenny Lake, uh, although he did dissociate uh, from the dissociate from the company and everything, but he still said mm. that a lot of the allegations are not true, and he will address them in time to come, just not at this juncture, and not not through this platform, la. So mm, in mm. some ways, he also was. Uh, you know, sort of planting planting his flag in the ground, saying that you know, I, that's a hill that I'm, I'm willing to die on. Uh. Um, mm. For this one, it seems like, uh, yeah lah. I think uh, maybe if she really did say those things that she did in those uh, recorded messages, then maybe it's worth just saying that yeah lah, and in the heat of the moment, or you know, as an employer and, and the stress and all that kind of thing, I said things I shouldn't have, and I apologize for that, and blah blah, but. Uh, yeah, she hasn't done that, so it's a uh, yeah. That's why I saying she. There's a very clear difference between what Kenny Lake did and what what she is doing, right? Yeah, and and I guess for me the one big takeaway is that it is another instance or example of how what you see on social media for any content creator or any influencer online, it really is maybe just a a, a small portion of their life, lah, because it feels like regardless of how true these allegations are not, um, there was definitely something brewing at, at NOC. La. Maybe even if it's just one or two disgruntled people um, with the majority of them being fine, it does feel like there was a lot more going on that one would uh, assume just by looking at his Instagram pictures. What do, you mean, what, do you mean, uh, what do you mean there was something brewing? As in, is that, is I mean, some sort, of, some sort of discord. La. I mean, so I am joining the dots. I am kind of like extrapolating that if, even if ex-employers, you know, uh, ex, ex-employees came out and plotted something to take Sylvia down or, or there's just some disgruntled staff who are still working there or maybe have a vendetta against Sylvia, it just feels like the life that you see through their social media where everyone is happy and, you know, like leading these wonderful lives of like glitz and glamour. Mm. Um, it feels like there's a lot more drama going on in uh, uh, behind the scenes. Like. And based on our own experience also of the YouTube scene, where, you know, YouTube at one point was seen to be like, everyone gets along, everyone's collabing, but the fucking drama just took over, man. In 2017, it, the, the scene became so fractured, there became so much politics. I know from talking to the YouTube rep who was overseeing the few countries in uh, Southeast Asia, every country goes through these waves of people coming up together, you know, just as a hobby, uh, creating content. Then once they start doing this professionally, once deals come in, corporate branding comes in, there's mm. some fracturing of the community yeah. uh, where, where they are almost competing with each other. But 
in more cases, more often than not, like like other countries, they overcome that and they go back to being peers, lah. But yeah. in Singapore, we never got past that. Yeah. So the scene is really so tainted with drama that when I see this, I'm like, whoa, shit. Yeah. I mean, Mm-mm-mm. part of me just wishes that you know, uh, tomorrow D Kosh will come out and say, hey guys, this was all a social experiment that Night Owl Cinematics was running to just see, to just show you how toxic like. Uh, online mobs can be in terms of how they descended upon uh, Sylvia and NOC during this period and because it's mental health awareness we wanted to just use ourselves as a clickbait to you know get everyone to come forward with their stories and everything about how how they've been uh, abused online and, and, and things like that lah. and then this was and all then, brought to you by National Youth Council for yeah. World Mental Health Day <laughs> as part of the Happiness Initiative and we want and to thank Yalabad for this sponsored for the sponsored podcast where they also yeah. talked about this issue and they helped to highlight it to a lot more people. <laughs> so and then we we will come on saying, you know, we'd like to thank our sponsors, NOC, who, you know, um came up with this elaborate social experiment. Yeah. And then in part two in the appendix, right, Eden Ang comes out and says he's been conducting a two year social experiment of the long term effects of being cancelled. Yeah. Then Shashway also all just come out like this is the mother of all collaborations. Yeah. It's not for content, no. Yeah. It's for a psychological study on the mob mentality and cancel culture that they will present to Shamugam yeah. and go for a nice tea afterwards. No, brought, brought to you by Happiness Initiative. That's why the third social demographic factor of happiness is don't get cancelled online. Because yeah, once yeah, you get cancelled, your life goes to shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh, so, then I will stand up and yeah. slow clap. I, I will. I will stand yeah. up no, stand I, I, up. A whole of Singapore will stand up, not for Singapore, but for go this to your, go social to your balcony. experiment. You got to go to your balcony yeah, first. To, <laughs> At 8 p.m., go to your balcony and then slow clap. Yeah. The slow clap, man. Holy yeah. shit. That this this was to distract you from all this COVID situation nonsense, basically. Yeah. <laughs> this, <laughs> the 4G leadership, uh, in partnership with 4G leadership, and Ong Yi Kang and uh, Lawrence Wong come out at the, as the VVIPs. Uh. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I mean, um, that that obviously, obviously, we're kidding. Uh, but all kidding aside, I mean, definitely, like like what a lot of people have been mentioning, like a lot of uh, livelihoods obviously are at stake. Sylvia's reputation's at stake. Uh, Ryan's reputation's at stake. Uh, you know, a lot of the the, the on screen talents, their reputations are at stake. And, and you ask why would it be at stake? And a lot of it is because, yeah, like when you're in front of the camera and all these things, right? And then you have sponsors who who you know are, are very risk averse to being associated with talent with any kind of controversy, right? It, it, mm. it's, it, 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 it's very common to get, literally get deals cancelled, get, you know, like something that you've been working on for months or years, it just gets cancelled overnight like, because of an incident like this. Like. So uh, mm. it, it's definitely no laughing matter for, for NOC and all. Like. Uh, so, but at the same time, I don't even know if NOC... Is the NOC that we're thinking about, Ryan and Sylvia together, you know, co-founding and building this empire together and all that, whether it's still, that that's still the, the managerial makeup of the organization. Because it seems mm. to me very clear that, that there is, there seems to be a very concerted effort to isolate or point out or, you know, to, to show that Sylvia is like a, the much more toxic uh, half of of that partnership. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. So so I mean I guess it's it's an interesting um 
still developing case yeah. that that yeah I think I, I'm just curious what's going to happen next man it feels like every day there's some new change in tides some, some new development yeah. and given that it is another how you say a manifestation of people getting cancelled I just think it's fucking yeah it, it's just it's just I'm just curious but, what happens next I want to ask you given what we've been talking about today is it does seeing mm. news like this make you happy? Um, I would say maybe maybe happy is a bit too positive. But mm. if there was that sort of abuse happening, right, mm. then I am glad it's coming to light, lah, and people are being held accountable. Uh, hey, but you always you yeah. always call me fuck you everything, right? Then what if I also? Hey, that's it's, done it's out of love, la, bro. <laughs> it's it's and, all recorded and on the I'm not doing. Also. First of all, I'm not doing it behind your back. I'm doing it to your face. Oh. You know, I'm not hiding anything. <laughs> so, okay, our bosses take note, uh, take note. Uh, do it to the people's faces, okay. But do behind yeah. the back is not cool. If okay. you ever want to scold your employees, put on a microphone and just start yeah. a podcast show. Yeah. You know, and just say, you're, 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 you're scolding them to your face. You know, mm. how many times have I told Terrence to fuck off? Fuck how you, many? Fuck you on the podcast. <laughs> fuck you. you. You're here. You're fuck. here. You're all my witnesses. Uh, if I have to send... <laughs> I have to send legal letter. I'm pointing you all out as witnesses. <laughs> uh. Everyone who, who is hey, on Reddit. Terrence, uh. I always say it with a smile, man. Come on, oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. It's always in a smile. There are many ways you can say the same thing, okay? Mm. Many ways. Yeah. But they all are, are have different emotions attached. And mine is nothing but love, no? Terrence. Mm, correct, correct, correct. It's a, yeah. it's, a, it's a fuck you filled with love. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, vice versa, like, I won't, I won't deny that I, I, I give you a lot of pressure on the, on, on, on your dietary choices in the office and things like that. So, like, <laughs> fostering a toxic workplace culture, like, basically. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And they were not even on the podcast, no, guys. You all have no idea what I'm subjected to off the mic, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I say it in front of people. I say it in front of everyone. I say know? it in so front of people. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, okay. school and employee. Say it in front of people. <laughs> say it in front of people. That's the most important takeaway. Correct. Correct. Uh, cool, but yeah, man. yeah, we'll we'll keep post on it. If if it, if it deserves another another round of discussions, we'll we'll we'll, we'll do it, lah, Right. Mm, mm, yeah. Mm. But uh, yeah. now, so, it's the most interesting oh. comment you've come across. Yeah, and and, and what's yours? Would you like to take the take the stab first? I mean, uh, this one is just like is 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 purely clickbait for for me, lah, Right. Uh, someone posted yeah, on a subreddit <laughs> uh, and own self post uh, own self declared AMA la. I'm a spandex wearing cyclist and uh, mm. yeah apparently this person drives a car and uh, is a road cyclist and also a, 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 a OD a foldy OD as 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 you have coined uh, those Brompton riding people recently and they said that the best person to answer any questions you might have and they total and he he or she totally disagrees with all the points made by Terrence and Harish with regards to cycling and the outcome of the the active mobility panel's recommendations about uh, bicycle licensing and all. Uh. So, mm. yeah, I mean, I, I find it awesome that they someone came forward and started an AMA on our thread. Uh. Yeah. And mm. uh, then, yeah, in just in the, like, you know, a span of like 10 hours, there have been like 20 over comments and people coming forward and asking very, very, very detailed questions as well, uh, right? Mm, yeah, I don't have mm. you taken a look at at, at all the yeah, questions. Yeah. yeah, I have, I have. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I, I think it's so I mean, super interesting. I'm gonna jump in at some point, uh, but but yeah, this this I just wanted to point out that the person was, um, the name of the poster was, mm, K. 
Yeah, I think it's a take on the South Park character. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I also saw that. I was like, oh, Darren's going to love this shit. Love it, man. I love it, I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. Of course, yeah. I super disagree with, cool. with uh, I mean, his or her points as well. Uh, but yeah, okay. So he, you super disagree with the points he made that super disagrees with our points, our original points. Uh, yeah, super, yeah, super yeah, disagreement, yeah. gangbang, man. Yeah, I, I might, I might bring it to to Reddit lah. This, these disagreements because mm. I think it, it's. Mm. I mean, I appreciate the effort to just come out and just say, hey, I, I think I'm a better representative of the, all these communities, and I can, I can give more answers than you guys can. Lah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. So that's cool. 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 And how about you? Okay. So, so mine, um, it's on the thread of the last podcast we did with the marathoner So Ruyong. And I would say it's shook in the sense that um, I know people are being honest, but I'm also curious, and and I wanted to just talk about this. Like, uh, I I I'm, I mean, for me, this is a, a it's shook because yeah, people are sharing their honest thoughts about it, which is always great. But quite a few people have said that they they didn't like the podcast, um, which which to me I found very interesting because as as the the half of the the recording side, I mean, we were conducting the, the 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 conversation, and I actually enjoyed the conversation more so than some of our other interviews we have done. You're talking about so which I'm conversation? Why the So Ruyong? Uh, with So Ruyong. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So Ruyong. Because some of the commenters, like for example, uh, my pretzel and sushi, who's a long time listener, um, they they said that it was cringy and um that. It, it felt like he was just there to talk about himself as opposed to making it a conversation with us and, and getting our thoughts as well. And then there was another um, one, but then also a long-time commenter who said that um, it it was uh, the hardest listen, it, the hardest to listen interview in Yalabad history mm-hmm. and that Soru Yong is really not humble and is pretty obnoxious. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so I mean, I... If you ask me, would I change anything about the interview? I would say no, uh, which is not something I could say of other interviews we've done. Even the fact that I was the one who gave him the crackers. I know some mm. people pointed out that you know he was so disrespectful for eating during the podcast. Yeah. But I offered him the crackers. Yeah. Um. So I, yeah, I just I just found it, and and I'm wondering if other people, if there are people out there who enjoyed it. Mm. Um. It would be cool to understand if you did and why, like, Because yeah. I enjoyed it and. As much as I want to do interviews with people who are interesting, I also want to enjoy them, like, and I genuinely yeah. did enjoy that conversation, like. and, and can I just also just point out, like, the I know the chewing and eating during the podcast uh, was probably a bit a bit annoying, a bit a bit um, a bit of a turn off, like, right for some people, quite gross, you know? mm, mm. Uh, mm. But the the I think the larger context is that he had just come from training. At least he had a. A, se- a session of training before that, like, right? And yeah, I was just talking to him before that, and he had literally run home six kilometers from his training back home before he came out again to to for the podcast and all. And in in between all that running, right, he had forgotten to eat his lunch. So when when he was eating the crackers and everything, right, I mean he was really eating it like. Like yeah. like how you would eat after <laughs> how, like how I eat after I run two point four do IPPT that kind of thing you know like fucking go KFC <laughs> and just order the the whole shebang and the twelve piece and the, and the soda and everything 
and then that that's how he was eating. And I, I felt I felt almost like shit. I wish I could give him more food at that point of time. Like, which yeah, is why, why. <laughs> I, I went against my instinct of saying of saying, Hey, can we uh you know not not eat during the podcast and everything? Because like, I mean even the water, he was gulping down water at this like <laughs> insane rate that I was like, I okay, this is what it takes to be a, an athlete, like, you know? Like like you know, yeah. you hear about Roger Federer, he sleeps for thirteen hours or twelve to thirteen hours every single day. Like without fail, you know that that's the level of commitment that you need to do it. And and I I felt like okay, I don't want to disrupt this guy's training regime by you know not having him drink any water or eat for like an hour or two, like you know. So 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 yeah. I, that that's where I'm coming from. I'm not saying that that was the the best thing, but I'm just trying to explain to people that uh, I I think is he probably has much less of a choice than we think because his his body just craves needs the fuel then, and if he doesn't take it then. It just becomes really tough for him uh, during the later during for his later training sessions. Yeah, because because I know you are super anal about the technical side of sound and yeah, and the fact yeah. that yeah you were you were keeping uh quiet. I was like okay lah. Uh, I think I think um just let him eat lah. Yeah. <laughs> so but I just found it funny that that people said that he was very hum- uh, disrespectful for doing that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I hope there are people who enjoyed it. Uh, we are going to be getting more guests in. Um and yeah, so so hopefully they they turn out to be podcasts that you guys enjoy like. Yeah, learning point and learning point. Maybe maybe we'll just now we have literally we have data of people telling us they don't like to hear people eating on the podcast. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> next time someone comes in famished, we're like, you shut the fuck up. Yeah. You are not eating now because our listeners cannot stand yeah. chewing during a cannot podcast. Stand. Let me pull up the subreddit. Cannot for you. stand it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't care. You got a gastric problem or you are not eating. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Yeah, but, that but, was but cool. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, like to those who shared your feedback about why you did not like it, I still really appreciate it mm. because it's food for thought for us, lah. Yes, yes, it is. It is. Cool, man. Right. Yes. Then and the uh, one, the one shook, the thing. one shook thing. What has been yes. your one shook thing this past few days? Um, my one shook thing was uh, a recent boxing match over the weekend, which I mm. didn't watch, admittedly, um, because. I, I don't think they were showing it on Singapore pay-per-view, but it was the heavyweight fight between Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. Yes. And um, it uh, so the, it was labeled as one of the greatest heavyweight fights of all time. Mm. Um, I think they both each went down multiple times. Tyson Fury got knocked down twice. Deontay Wilder got knocked down twice. And in the 11th round, Tyson Fury... Knocked out Deontay Wilder, la. but mm. but why I think it's so awesome is because yeah the awesome fight is one thing, but Tyson Fury's story right in parallel with Deontay Wilder's story it's it's fucking crazy la. So Deontay Wilder I think he went forty matches uh, all knockouts. I don't mm. think anyone lasted um, uh, a full fight with him. And when he fought Tyson Fury sometime last year or the year before. Uh, he knocked down Tyson Fury in round 11 and Tyson Fury was the first person to get up from a knockdown mm. and went on to win the next 12th round line, and it ended as a draw. Then they had a rematch and Tyson Fury knocked out Deontay Wilder who then blamed his fatigue on this excessively heavy costume he was wearing during the walkout and all that. And then now, like I think it's late to, late to rest like that Tyson Fury is undisputed uh, when it comes to the two of them. Mm. But if you look at Tyson Fury's story, right, like Deontay Wilder, he's jacked. Like, he looks like what you would imagine of a boxer, super fit, super cut. You yeah. look at Tyson Fury, he's six foot six, but he he looks, he doesn't look like a heavyweight boxer. You know, you, he's not, you can't see his abs, he has love handles. 
he looks like a he has a dad bod lah essentially yeah, yeah. the stereotypical dad bod lah and his personal story i think he has a very good podcast on joe rogan um after he became the world boxing champion years ago he fell into depression because he said he lost his purpose for life he ballooned to like 400 plus pounds he attempted suicide and through a good support system through faith he clawed himself out of that and he started fighting again lah and to see him go from where he was he was at the peak of the boxing world then he spiraled downwards and then now back it's a fucking great story and mm. like his personality also he's known as the gypsy king he's very uh, he's a big trash talker mm. and yeah it's just awesome like his story yeah, in fact I, i'm pretty sure that he will uh transition into pro wrestling at some point he's he's mm. made he's made some appearances in the wwe events and and things like that lah so so mm. his personality is very very suited for entertainment lah It's yeah. quite amazing. It, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. And like like it's just you look at him compared to the people he's fight fought and destroyed, right? Like you look at Anthony Joshua Joshua like he looks like a um uh, like like made out of marble stone like a fucking beast of a person. Yeah. And Tyson Fury, yeah, you can't really tell how fit he is, but he's a beast, man. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just a it's just a cool story lah. Like. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Um, but but what is your one show thing? I mean, my one short thing is a uh, complete antithesis of of uh, what you're talking about. I'm talking about uh, Ho Fun, really delicious Ho Fun in Singapore. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the kind of thing that I, I don't know. You can you can eat it while watching a boxing match, lah. I guess uh, on TV. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I recently was on a quest to find like really like really really good Ho Fun that you know has that that really charred uh, flavor and smell to it. Like you know, they call it the Wok Hei, lah. Right. Um, and I, mm. I think I found it like uh, at, a, at a pretty reasonable price and and not like crazy long queues and all that. But it's this place called Ho Fun Premium uh, in Jalan mm. Besar, which is not too far from IKEA Alexandra uh, in the in the hawker the hawker center and all. Um, yeah, you just look up Ho Fun Premium, uh, and they do this amazing um, beef Ho Fun that is, is just like the the chart. The, that's the first smell that hits you are uh, just the chart smell uh, basically. And that's mm. what you that's what you want when you eat hot fun, you know that that slightly over like slightly burnt flavor and all, uh, and, and mm. it's, it's a very you know even with the COVID and the the limitations on number of people who can queue and everything, uh, there is a queue. It's not it's not like you get your food like within minutes or what, but it never goes longer than like you know ten fifteen minutes when you queue lah. It, it moves really mm. fast. So so they've done a very good job of like. You know, making sure everyone knows what they're doing. Everyone, every team member has has their role in place. Uh, not sure if there's any like scolding of the employees going on there, lah. But but it seems like it seems like everyone there knows what they're doing, and then yeah, the food's great, lah. So yeah, if you if you're looking for really good hofan, look check out. Just Google hofan premium. It'll come out on Google Maps, and uh, yeah, you won't regret it. And that was so maybe what you food king good. It's a food king good review. Food king good. <laughs> So maybe what you can do is you get that and then you watch highlights of the Tyson Fury Deontay Wilder fight correct. on on YouTube. Correct, correct, correct. Yeah, yeah. I've been tapowing. I've been tapowing. That's the the truth. Oh, serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a yeah. It's a very. I mean, it's a Singaporean as it gets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To do something. Cool, like that. man. Cool. All right. All right. Thanks. Uh, that, that's all we got for you for today. Yep. Uh, we have a guest coming middle of this week. Yeah. Um, it's a YouTuber turned TikTok sensation, Jay Spoa. Yes. Um, yes. So, so that will be our next episode. Mm.
So, by the cool, meantime, man. stay safe. Stay safe. Thanks for listening. Adios.